Okay, this week we're going to learn Parshas Mishpatim, and uh, we're going to, the Chaban brings a very, very nice, uh, different way of looking, uh, as have we been looking at things here, and uh, he tells us that, the, the Zohar tells us that everything we see in the world here, the physical world over here, has parallels in the spiritual worlds. And even though this Parsha seems to do a lot with the laws dealing with civil law, the interactions between one person and another, but the truth is the spiritual world parallels this exactly. And whatever we have down in this world, we have in the higher world. And we're going to go through a piece from the Shaloh HaKadosh. And the Shaloh HaKadosh is going to give an outstanding discourse and with the Chaban will fill in a lot of the gaps, as it were. And uh, about one of the topics, of the many, many topics in Parshas Mishpatim, is what we call the Dalit Shomrim, the Arba Shomrim, the four guardians. There are four guardians in Jewish law that the Torah speaks about. And there's many, many chapters of the Talmud that go into great detail about it. We're not going to get too Talmudic here. We're just going to learn the basics of what we need to know. And then you're going to see some amazing things over here. So the first source, it's a Mishnah in Baba Metziah. And the Mishnah in Baba Metziah says, Arba Shomrim Haim. There are four guardians. Now, you should get used to the Hebrew names. I love it. And we'll say the English as well. But they are Shomer Chinam. A Shomer Chinam is an unpaid guardian. Free. That is... I go to you, I say, please, watch my whatever, my car, my dog, whatever. Please watch it. Do me a favor. I'm not going to pay you anything. And you're going to watch it because you're a nice person. You're going to take the responsibility and watch it, and you're not going to charge me anything. That's a shomer chinam. A second type of watcher, the opposite, even though it's called a shomer, it's called a shoel. A shoel really isn't a watcher at all. He's a borrower. He's a borrower. But in the course of borrowing something, and he borrows it for free. He borrows it for free. Here, just join us on the table at least. You can even be at the end of the table, but I don't want someone to come in and think I put you in the corner. You know, and say, hey, Rabbi doesn't like him. Put him in the corner. Okay, perfect. Perfect seat. So uh, <clears throat> it's called a shoel, which really... He's borrowing, he's borrowing it and doesn't pay for it. It's really the exact opposite of a Shomer Chinam. And he guys can you lend it to me? What are you going to pay? I don't have any money. So the guy gets to use it for free. So he has all the benefits and he has to obviously be responsible to the extent that he has to be careful with it, that nothing happens to it. He is, you know, by the way, a Shomer. He happens to be a guardian, but really... He's borrowing it for free. Those are the two extremes. Then in the middle, we have a one that is called a nose sachar or a shomer sachar, means a paid guardian. He's like a shomer chinam, but the only difference is he pays. He gets paid to you to watch it. He gets paid to watch it. The guy says, I'm not going to do it for free. I want to get paid. Then we have another one called a socher. A socher is like a shoel where he's borrowing it, but he has to pay. So therefore he's a renter. 
So we have four different types, but ultimately all of them must watch the item. They have to make sure that item doesn't get broken. Again, so we have really two that are really guardians by definition, and that is the Shomer Chinam, the one who will watch it would not charge any money. The Shomer Sachar is the one who watches it and gets paid. On the other hand, we have really two borrowers where one is borrowing it for nothing, doesn't have to pay. That's the Shoel. Still has to watch it. And then you've got the Socher, the renter, who's also borrowing it, but he has to pay to borrow it and he has to have a level of care as well when he is watching it as well. So now, those are the four guardians. Now, one other thing you need to know, and that'll be the end of the Talmudic discourse over here. What level of, of responsibility do each of these four have? Because there's all kinds of things can happen. You know, uh, when you're watching it, we would assume you shouldn't be negligent, no matter who you are. So let's say you borrow a uh, car and it's got uh, the kinds of the roofs but the roof opens up you're buying the car and you leave it with the roof down and uh, you live in a place where it rains and it rains you didn't close the rooftop now I would say and it damaged it and they have to take it to get fixed up $5,000 in water damage well who has to pay well, the guardian has to pay. You can't be negligent. Anybody, anybody has to pay for negligence. Because why were you negligent? As far as a person who's a shomer chinam, the person who watches it for nothing, since he really doesn't get any benefit from it at all, he gets zero benefit. What does he get out of it? He, he, can't, he can't, it's another important thing you got to realize. When you're a guardian, you can't use it. I tell you to watch this. So you got to watch it. So you cannot open the, if, if you the start car. using it, start using it, then that's called in the Talmudic parlance, shlichus yad. Where really, you're using it without permission. I didn't give it to you to use. I gave it to you to watch. And therefore, if th- something would happen afterwards, he'd be responsible for it also. But, so, so the shomer chinam, the free watcher, who gets no benefits, he has the least liability. And therefore, the only time he has to pay is if he's negligent. But if other circumstances happen, he would not have to pay, let's say, as we'll explain by the other ones. Okay, that is a Shomer Chinam. On the other hand, who gets the most benefit of these four people? It's the Shoel. The Shoel is the borrower, where he borrows it for nothing. He has all the benefits. In that case, he has the greatest level of responsibility. So what other things could you be responsible? What if it gets stolen? Got to pay for that. What if it gets lost? Got to pay for that. What if an act, something beyond your control happened? Let's say a simple example. No, not even that. Let's say I borrow this tape recorder from somebody. I'm borrowing it. I'm walking, I'm holding it. I trip. It falls out of my hand and breaks. That's called an ones, an accident. I, 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 I was care- careful, but it was an accident. You still have to pay. 
You have full liability because you have full benefits. You have full liability <coughs> even with an accident. That's the law of a show-up. The two in between, the other two, since there's a little bit of, uh, it's like uh, the, the Shomer Chinam on the one hand, he gets no benefits and the person who owns it gets all the benefits. The Shoel, the borrower, the borrower gets all the benefits, one who lent them got no benefits. In the other two cases, where each the owner and the watcher get both got a benefit. The one who gets paid to watch, he got a benefit, he got paid, but the other guy got his thing, what? The guy's watching, he can't use it. But he's getting someone to watch it for him. The the one who rents it, he gets the benefit of using it, but the owner gets the benefit of getting the money. So for that, there's a debate in the Talmud, but we conclude and say that the law is that they're in between. That if it's an accident, they don't pay, but if it gets stolen or lost, they have to pay. These are the laws of the Dalit Shomrim, the four Shomrim, and to which there is lots of Talmudic discussion on and on and on. And that seems to be very legal. And okay, so for those of us, you know, worrying about Jewish law, we could spend hours and hours discussing, you know, all kinds of situations. Um, but it seems to be more in the legal domain between man and man. So if, if it's, it's, it's a money issue. In other words, if something happened to the item, got lost, got stolen, who has the responsibility, what kind of cases, etc., etc. So says the Shalah HaKadosh, he says these four relationships that we see, we're really dealing with four relationships between human beings. One relationship of the Shomer Chinam is where someone is doing a favor for somebody else. In terms of the one who has the object, doesn't enjoy the object, but he's watching it for someone else because I'm doing him a favor. That's one way of doing a favor for somebody. The Shoel, the borrower, the favor goes in the other direction, where the owner is doing the favor with the guy who's borrowing it. So you have, a, you have an owner and a watcher. Sometimes the watcher is doing the favor for the owner. Sometimes the owner is doing the favor for the watcher. The two in between, the paid watcher or the renter, each one's doing a favor for the other. Each one's benefiting. In other words, we're, we're having cases where who benefits from who in society? You could have someone who owns something. He benefits by somebody watching at them for free. If a person doesn't own, but he uses someone else's, so he benefits because he doesn't have to pay. Then you have cases where both individuals are both benefiting from each other. That's what we see in these cases. So says the Shalah Kaddish, he says, just like we see this regarding one person and another person, there is the same concept of the four Shomrim when we're talking between a person and Hashem, his relationship between him and Hashem. The same thing will apply totally on a spiritual level. And let's read the the source of the Shalah, which is going to be a bit unclear, but we'll just read it first. It begins a lot of good sources, and then we will develop this. It's a beautiful idea now. The Shalah parallels the four guardians to four levels of Avodah Sashem, of service Hashem that people can be. And ultimately, what you have to ask yourself when you walk out of this class, as the title of the class is, which one of the Arba Shomrim do you feel you are? Or you are, or you should be? 
That's what's going to be the point of the class. Wow. So the, the, uh, I'm going to be looking inside my saver, but you have the English there. He says, first of all, you have to know the whole purpose of the creation of man is to work and to guard l'shamra and to provide safe guarding all for Hashem's sake. In other words, we are shomrim of Hashem. We are guardians of Hashem. He says, and we see that for guarding, <laughs> there's many commandments of the Torah where we were told to watch. For example, by the Korban Pesach, it says, uh, and regarding matzah, it says, Ushmartem es hamatzos. You will safeguard the matzahs, and the rabbis say, don't read it matzahs, but rather mitzvahs. A very unusual term. Why does it say you will guard, you will safeguard the mitzvahs? You'll find, he says, three types of shimur, Three types of watching in the Torah. Yeah, for example, matzah, shmura. Matzah that has to be watched. You have to watch that the matzah is made properly, doesn't become chametz. You find a matzah of, it's a little more mystical, the four cups of wine that hints to the hidden wine. Wine is hidden, which we're not going to go into that. And also the night of Hanukkah is called the Leil Shimurim, the night of watching. Right? Also, we find that the Jews had to she'elah, had to borrow from the Egyptians. As it says, each woman should borrow from her friend. So you see, watching or borrowing, even if you borrow, we said you got to watch. So we see four aspects in the whole Exodus experience where the term either guard or borrow or watch is being used. And really, it's all based... On the very beginning of the creation, when Adam and Chava were in the Garden of Eden, what did Hashem tell them to do? It says He put them in La'avda to work it, Ulashamra, and to safeguard it. So you see that there is a, that, that there is a job of us being a Shomer. A Shomer. And He says these are four concepts that relate to the four Shomrim. Three of them, he says, Shomer Chinam, Shomer Sacher, and a uh, Socher. And the fourth is a Shoel, just like we have here. There were three expressions of Shomer, and one was a Shoel, a borrower. So you see, in the Halev Pesach, three times guarding, one times borrowing. He says, this also will teach us about the four sons. And then he concludes and says, and just like there are four Shomrim, four guardians that conduct themselves between one person and another, so too between us and Hashem, there are four Shomrim. This is the insight that the Shalah HaKadosh gives us. And this is what the whole point of the class, the Chalban, the Shalah himself does, the Chalban elaborates, explains how do we apply the four Shomrim in our lives. Now we also see that Hashem watches over us. He's also a Shomer. Remember, it's our relationship with Hashem. And truly, Hashem watches us, as it says, Hashem does not sleep, does not slumber, the guardian of Israel. We also have, as I already told you, we have to watch the mitzvahs. So we see the idea of watching. Watching means, shmira means, a revealed responsibility to someone else. And that really connects the two together. 
if I have a responsibility to you, that makes a connection between me and you. So now, the Chaban with the, using the Shalom is going to now explain the four types of guardians that exist in Avodas Hashem and how they parallel the Halachas, just like the Halacha. So really this opens up a whole new way of looking at, we'll just give you the, the overall similarities, but you can understand how mystically every page of the Talmud can be understood, you know, not just does this guy pay this guy, the question is what is in terms of your relationship with Hashem. And this is what makes this fascinating. So let's begin. We, what we're going to do is, we're going to look at the four Shomrim one way, that's going to take most of the class, and then we're going to pull out of one more interesting thing, and it's going to flip all around. You'll see. You'll see what's going to turn out to be amazing. So let's take a look in terms of our Avodas Hashem, the way we're meant to serve Hashem it would appear that of the four Shomrim, the highest level is if we would be a Shomer Chinam, a free guardian. Now, when we're talking about being a Shomer, what do we call a Jew? What do you call the standard line for a Frum Jew in Hebrew? What do we call such a person? Well, yeah, Charedi, but I mean, we call him Shomer Torah Umitzvah. Shomer Torah Umitzvah. Will he eat in another Jew's home? If he's a Shomer Torah Mitzvah, I'll eat him. So what, what does that mean? Shomer Torah Mitzvah. He's a guardian, guardian of Torah Mitzvah. Do you ever understand that you're a guardian? We, for, that's, that's, for, that first of all, is a rebel. We say, I'm a Jew. What do you mean? I do this, I do that. No, 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 no. You're a Shomer. Yeah, people ask me, are you the Tia? I said, no. A who? People ask me. Are you a what? Datiyah. Oh, Datiyah. I, I said, no, and they shomeret mitzvot. Okay, so, now, so now here's the point. What does it mean? There's no point. What does it mean? If you think about it, do mitzvahs need to be guarded? Think about it. Like, here, I'm giving you whatever. I give you $100 to watch. Okay, you got to guard it. Right. You got to guard it. You got to make sure nothing happens. So what is Hashem giving us when he gives us a mitzvah? We have to guard a mitzvah. That's the point. We have to understand. What does it mean that we're a guardian of the mitzvah? We have to understand, uh, you know. And and usually mitzvahs are done with objects. So what does Hashem want us to guard, so to speak? This we have to understand. And there and there are some people who have different relationships with mitzvahs and Hashem. Just like if you look at any one of these four guardians, you know, the relationship I have. If I watch something for free, it means I'm doing you a favor. On the other hand, if I give you something to use for free, I'm doing you a favor. So after that, so we have what we call the in the Hebrew the Baal, the owner, and the Shomer. So now, in our relation with Hashem, who is the Baal and who's the Shomer? Obviously, Hashem is the Baal, and we're the Shomer. And that's what Hashem told the Adam. He says, "I'm the owner, and you're the you're the guardian." So what do we have? So number one, we have someone who's called a Shomer Chinam. So what does the Shomer Chinam do? Well, whatever he's doing, he works for Hashem. He's Shomer mitzvot. He watches the mitzvahs. But does he get, does he ask for any pay? No. He's not asking for any pay. He's not, and, and, and what does pay mean spiritually? A schar. So he's not asking for a reward. He says, I'm going to do my job. It's doing a job. Really, it's doing a job. Isn't a guardian doing a job? I'm doing a job. I'm watching. I'm protecting. I'm making sure that it's... So what if I ask you to watch my cow? 
Well, that's already a little bit more. You can't just let it sit there. You got you got to feed it. You got to watch it. You got to exercise. Wait, there's things you got to do. You got to milk it. Big job. Okay, so the guy could say, "Listen, I'll pay for those costs. I'm not asking you to lose money, but I'm but I'm not paying you to do the work." So there's a person who views himself as a shomer chinam. He says, "I'm going to do all the mitzvahs, and I'm not looking for any pay." I'm totally dedicated to Hashem. You know, he, he, he loves being a Jew. He'll do any mitzvah. Why? So that Hashem should be happy with him. And that's what it says in source number three in Pirkei Avos. It says, Al tiyu avodim keavodim amisham shimesarav amenas lekabal pras. Do not be like servants who are serving the master on the condition to get a reward. He's not looking for a reward. He's doing it because he's a loyal Jew. He's not expecting any pay. Right? Now, and he's particular about two things to show Merchino. Number one, he's particular. He doesn't want to get anything in exchange for what he's doing. I'm not asking Hashem to give me anything. Hashem tells me to put on tefillin. I put on tefillin because he wants me to put on tefillin. Finished. I'm not asking for a reward. And he's not, he's not thinking about the world to come. He's not saying, you know, you better give me Elam Abba Hashem. He's not thinking about that. And also, what's he concerned about? That he doesn't want to take any pleasure, personal pleasure, from this mitzvah. He doesn't do it because, oh, I enjoy doing it. Because really, if you think about it, when you're doing a mitzvah, and you're doing it for your pleasure, says the Chaban, this is an aspect of what we say, shlichut yad. When you're sending your hand to use it for your own personal benefit. Just like when the guy says, here, I want you to watch the horse. Okay? If the guy says, I want you to watch the horse. What are you, what are you supposed to do? Ride it. No. You're not allowed to ride it. You can, you feed it, groom it, yeah. take care of it. He didn't give you permission to ride it. Yeah, but when you take a horse to a stable, they don't ride it. They watch it. You're, right. you, when you come, you want to ride it. If, in, in Jewish law, in Jewish law, if I ask you to watch my horse, and, and now you, after you groom it, you say, you know what, I'm going to want to ride it for my own pleasure. Ooh, and if something happens, you got to pay. You're not allowed to use it for your own personal use. So the Shomer Chinam, he's a very loyal servant. He says, I'm doing this, I don't want any pay. I'm not looking for Olam Haba. You don't have to give me Olam Haba. I do because this is what you want me to do. Finished. And not only that, but he won't even take any personal pleasure from the item itself. Meaning, from the mitzvah itself, he's not going to try to take any pleasure from it as well. I do it because that's the mitzvah. Because if I take pleasure from it, it's like I'm using it for my own personal use. And so these are the Jews that seem to be on the highest level. Because what he is doing is basically, he's particular to take care of the object. He doesn't want to turn the service of Hashem to give him personal benefit, right? Even though we know there can't be anything more pleasurable than serving Hashem, but he's not focused on that. He's focused on one thing. Hashem wants me to do it. I'm doing it. I'm not looking for any pleasure. I'm not looking for covet. I'm not looking for anything, right? Although it's possible when you serve Hashem, it could be very enjoyable, but he says, listen, Hashem gave me Torah mitzvahs. I have to work on one thing. I got to make sure that Hashem is happy 
If Hashem's happy, I did the mitzvah. That's good by me. And not to be involved in worrying about the pleasure. How much do I enjoy it? Or what kind of reward do I expect? That is the Shomer Chinam. So we would say that that is his service is L'Shem Shemayim. It's for the sake of heaven. And you can even say a little deeper, as the Zohar teaches us in source number four. He says, Ezeo Chassid, who is a Chassid? Who is a pious Jew? Hamis Chassid in Kono. One who does Chassid with his maker. One who does Chassid with Hashem. The obvious question, how do you do Chassid with Hashem? Hashem has everything. How can you do chesed? How can you do kindness to Hashem if Hashem has everything? So, so the Zohar answers, the Zohar says that you are what? Mischased im kono, kono, kono is a play on words. Kono could be your creator. It's also in Hebrew, a kansipor, a nest. Kansipor, kono. Kono means his kan, a kan shalom. Be mischased with a kan shalom, be kind with his nest, meaning his chicks, his little babies. Be kind to his children. Be kind to Knesset Yisrael. Be kind for the Jewish people, meaning the Shekhinah and the revelation of Hashem in the world. So therefore, the Tzadikim, how are they mischasinim kono? How do they do God a favor, as it were? They're working on all the things that Hashem wants us to watch and to guard. They're trying to bring Mashiach. They're trying to bring the Shekhinah down. Everything they do is what? Is so that God... Uh, that, that, that what God gave us, such as Yerushalayim, the base of Migdash, the kingdom of Israel, all these things, we're guarding that. We're protecting that. And that gives Hashem, that's how we do Chesed Hashem. Hashem says, I want the Shekhinah here. How do you have the Shekhinah here? By doing mitzvahs. Doing mitzvahs for the sake of heaven. So these are people who are, are watching. They don't fall asleep on the job. You don't have to wake them up. They're like people, for example, like Reb Hanina Bendosa. Hanina Bendosa, the, the Baskol said, the whole world is nurtured from Hanina Beni, and for he himself, he just has a little bit of a buxer every week, and that's all he has. So he gives and gives and doesn't take. This is the level of Shomer Chinam. What he was uh, living on, Tenim? Uh, buxer, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Haruv. Ah, Haruvim. Haruvim. Okay, so this is the personal, really think about it, just like the Shomer Chinam. What is Shomer Chinam doing? He gives, and he doesn't take. So this is the highest Sadiq. He gives, and he doesn't take. He, what does he give? He's giving God pleasure. By doing what? By doing what God told him to do. If you do everything he's supposed to do, it brings the Shekhinah down. And Hashem wants the Shekhinah to come down. Hashem wants the nest in this world to be there. And I'm doing everything to bring the nest into this world. And that's all he's doing, and he is not considering himself to get anything at all. Zehu Shomer Chinam. That's a Shomer Chinam. And the Torah says, a Shomer Chinam. Now, what if some things happen? What if something beyond his control happens? And he's not able, let's say he gets sick, and he can't go to shul. He can't stop. He can't do a mitzvah. Is he going to get, does he have to pay for that? Does he get punished for that? No, because I'm not getting anything for this. I'm doing this for you, Hashem. Right? It's just like the guy who watches the thing for free. If, I, if you tell me, watch this for free, and then an accident happens. Now, let's say, take care of my cow. I'm taking care of the cow. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then an accident happened while I was doing that, and the cow died. 
I wasn't negligent. I said, I don't have to pay. Because I was doing you the whole favor. So the same thing when you're a Jew and you're, you're on this little Shomer Chinam. So what if there's, every day you go to Shul. Every day you go to Shul. And then you got very sick. So what's the Shomer saying? You know, you, you didn't do your job today. <laughs> what do you want? It was an accident. It was about my control. So you're right. I'm not going to hold it against you. And, 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 and any other things that could happen. Now the only thing he is held responsible for is what? Pshia. Negligence. If he would be negligent, that means you, you weren't careful at all for what you were doing. Well, that's like King Solomon says, there isn't a tzaddik in the world who doesn't do good yet sins. So although you try to do everything for Hashem, but it could be, if you would be negligent, you know, you're supposed to go to shul tomorrow and you're supposed to set the alarm and you just didn't set the alarm. Well, that's negligence. Then Hashem will, will, will not be happy with the Shomer Chinam. But, you know what? You stole Shomer Chinam, do tshuva. Okay, I'll accept your tshuva. But, uh, but other than that, Hashem can't hold him accountable for anything more than negligence. Okay, and that's why Tzadik could get punished. If he would be negligent, where you found, uh, what's, who is that? Choni Hamagel, another Tzadik. Remember he said the story where the poor man asked him for some food. He said, wait till I come down from the horse. By the time he came down from the horse, the guy died. Choni said, that was terrible on me and I should be punished. Because he felt he was negligent. So this is what we call the Shomer Chinam guardian. Be pretty nice. So you'd hope that we would be like a Shomer Chinam, right? Shomer Chinam therefore means my job is to only give. I'm helping Hashem. I'm his guardian. I don't ask for anything. He's getting all the benefit. I'm getting nothing. That's a Shomer Chinam. Let's move on. What would be, that's the highest level. It would appear to be the highest level. And that would be, you'd say, somebody, the Shalom says, it would be somebody like Avram Avinu. Somebody like that, how he says. Now let's go to, now which is the next level, a level below that. Not as good as the Shomer Chinam. He said the next level we'll call the Shomer Sochor. The one who gets paid. So what does that mean? He's still working for God. God put us in this world to work. You gotta, you know, being a yid is hard work. Getting up every morning, you know, that's work. And, and, and you're, and you're a guardian. Well, listen, if you're a good showmare, you have to get up early in the morning. No. A good guardian, you can't sleep the whole day. So you're watching, you're watching things. So you have to watch. And it's a lot of work. Now guess what? Not everybody wants to work for free. Is it such a terrible thing that you, I'm working and I want to get paid? Would you say that's sinful behavior? No. Listen, I get up early every morning, God. I want to pay you out for it. I'm not doing it for nothing. So there, you have a people that uh, he says, listen, God, I'll, I'll get up every morning. I'll daven. I'll put on tefillin. I'll give tzedakah. I'm going to do everything you want. And I'm still doing you a favor, Hashem. Because I am doing what you're telling me to do. Remember, Hashem is telling us to do this, right? So if you're telling me to do this, okay, I at least expect something in return. And you know what I'd like? I'd like Olam Haba. The world to come. Just like the Socher, when the Shomer Socher, when do, you, when do you pay a worker, Marshall? When do you pay a worker? Before he works or at the end of the job? Okay, so let's say he works a whole lifetime. So then you'd pay him when he leaves this world. And the payment would be in the next world, right? So that's the way God would pay such a worker. He gets paid with Olam Haba. So now you got to think about that. It means the, the real watching, he really doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't really, he doesn't see any value in what he's doing per se. When he puts on tefillin, he didn't say, wow, that feels so great. 
When he gives tzedakah, he says, wow, I feel so amazing. When he learns Torah, oh, it's so pleasurable. He doesn't see that at all. He knows one thing. There's a great reward in the world to come. And he, you know why I'm learning Torah? Because at the end, there's a big prize. Do you know why I'm giving tzedakah? At the end, there's a big prize. The spiritual world of right now is not, he's not, he's not developed enough to appreciate that there really is incredibly pleasurable things to be had by studying Torah itself is pleasurable. Doing a mitzvah itself is pleasurable. He's not so developed. He just knows one thing. I want to get paid. Now some people, for example, who say, you know, they always say, they're saying, what's the difference between, what did the, somebody had a great line. A person who enjoys what he does for a living never works a day in his life. <laughs> right? So that's setting the Yiddishkeit. If you really enjoyed it, you wouldn't consider it work. <laughs> but this guy's not that developed. He says, listen, me getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, that's a pain in the neck, man. Me learning Torah, I'd rather play tennis. But I'm playing, learning Torah. You said I have to learn Torah. Okay, so I want to get paid. It's not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. So okay, I'll pay you. The payment is Olam Abba. Okay. So that's the second level. Because still he's working for God. That's good. He's working for God. And he uh, he wants to get paid. So okay, you want to get paid? All right. It's not unreasonable to ask the guy to get paid. Now, what's he responsible for? In, what's, a, what's a regular Shomer responsible for? Well, negligence, again, you have to be responsible for. What about an accident? Accident again. How could you make him responsible for an accident? But now there's another category in Jewish law. If I'm the guardian of this object, what if it gets stolen? Let's say you're paying me. You're paying me to watch this. Then I gotta pay. If, if I'm doing it for free, I don't gotta get paid. I don't, I don't have to pay you back. But if I'm getting paid, so this, uh, is a beautiful, so, and if it gets lost, Somehow, I, I don't know where, I don't know what happened to it. I, I put it here, I, I don't know what happened. Say, you have to pay. So, the Shomer Chinam doesn't pay for those two, That's because right. he's doing it for free anyway. He's not getting anything, so, you know. But the guy who gets paid, well, that's what I paid you for! That paid it to loot. So, now how does that apply in the spiritual realm? I'm working for Hashem. How do we have Geneva and Aveda in the spiritual realm? So the Shalos says like this, Geneva, what is Geneva? Geneva is thievery, right? There's another interesting use of the term Geneva, Geneva's Das. What's Geneva's Das? It literally right. means stealing someone's mind. Right. What does that mean? Fooling someone. You know, a classic example, if you cheat on an exam, you stole the mind of the proctor, because the proctor thinks you're smart and you're not smart. It's called Geneva's Das. For example, let's say you know, you know, you don't like this guy. You don't personally like this guy, but you want the guy to think you like him. So what do you do? You know the guy's invited out for Friday night meal somewhere else. You know that. And you don't like the guy, but you don't want him to know that. You want to think you like him. So what do you do? You go, here, Chaim Yaakov, I've been dying to invite you for Friday night. Please, with my greatest pleasure, please come this Friday night. I'll prepare you a, a whole thing. The guy says, oh, I didn't know he liked me so much. Oh, too bad. I just happened to be invited at Shabbos. Oh, I'm so sad. Well, maybe another time. Yes, maybe another time. So now what happened? You now are a ganif. You stole. You stole the guy's brains. Because he now thinks you like him. You know, that's Geneva's das. You understand? 
And that happens a lot. You say things to other people and they, you know, you're giving one impression, maybe the opposite. So we can also have Geneva's Das over here. They say, Gonvim Das Elyon. They steal God's Das. What does it mean? They make it look like they love being Jews, but inside they don't like it. In other words, you, you, you play, you play a game. You say, oh boy, I, I, I really am doing these mitzvahs. But really inside, you know, you, you look, ooh, he loves to do mitzvahs. Not really, you don't. You're stealing, you're stealing God's mind. You're fooling people. You're not as religious as you claim to be. That's Geneva's das. And what's up, and what's up, and then you're, you're higher for that. You're higher for that. That's something God is not happy with when you're, you're gonna show yourself as a kosher Jew, but it's in your heart not that way. And that, and that God will, will get you for that. And the other, and Aveda, what's Aveda? He says Aveda is break, you know, is if like you lose, let's say you lose your time. You're wasting time. Aveda Tasman. Hashem will say, you're working for him. What were you wasting your time for? So that you can get held unaccountable. And they're liable to do those things. Because really, remember, they're only in it to get the payout. Remember, you're only in it to get the payout. So how much do you really care about Hashem? It's to get the payout. I want the Elamaba. You know, I don't want when I die just to, my bones will rot and there'll be nothing left of me. I want to live forever. So if the price I have to pay to live forever is okay, I'm willing to serve Hashem and to be a good Jew. But, you know, but there could be some Geneva and Aveda going on over there and that the Jew will have to be held accountable for that. But that's the second level. At the end of the day, the Shomer Sachar, the paid guardian does serve Hashem. He gets Hashem's will done. And he wants to get paid. Okay, he wants to get paid. It's not the worst thing in the world. That's the second level. And there are Jews like that. That really don't care so much to do the will of Hashem as much as they're really caring to get their payout at the end. But it's a spiritual payout in the next world. In this world, they don't feel any spiritual enjoyment. The third level now would be the socher. What is a socher? Socher is a renter. A renter, by definition, does not come to the object as a guardian. A renter, you know, when you go to Hertz, you say, oh, I'd like to watch this car for you. Hertz saying, what are you talking about? Are you watching the car for me? No, what you're saying is, I want to use your car. Hertz says, okay, you want to use the car? (laughs) Fine, I have a brand new 2015 uh, Cadillac. You want to use it? It's going to cost you. Okay, how much does it cost me? Well, whatever. $100 $100 a day, whatever. Okay, I'm willing to pay. So what happens? The guy says, I want to have pleasure from this thing I rent. You're not going to give it to me for free. I got to pay. Okay, so I'm going to pay for it. We're both happy. I'm, I'm happy I have the car. You're happy you have the money. How does the, and, 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 and it just so happens, what happens if you, uh, uh, get a car in an accident? Well, they're going to say you also had to watch the car too. You know, even though I was give, I was renting you the car so you could enjoy it, and you're paying for me, but you know if you trash the car, you had to watch it too. You still have to watch it. So that's what a regular rent. So how do we apply this in Yiddishkeit? He says, well, the same thing. The truth of the matter is, the first two people they understand my use of the world, my whole interaction with the world is I'm guarding God's world. Those first two people are saying, I'm guarding God's world. God's putting me in this world. I'm, and, and God says, this is what you do in this world. Torah really regiments your whole life. It says, you want to eat? You got to make a bracha. You want this? You want to use this? This misassociate with everything. You want to have a house? How many misses have to do with having a house? 
Well, mezuzah, that'll cost you a few thousand dollars. Uh, you have to put a ma'akeh, a railing around the, um, what do you call it, uh, outside, by the, what do you call yeah. it, the, the balcony. Um, there, there's a number of mitzvahs, the laws of Shabbos, what you can do with your house on Shabbos, you know, if a door comes apart on Shabbos. You know, your house, you have to guard that your house does the mitzvahs. Hashem gave you the house so that you could do mitzvahs. If I didn't have a house, I couldn't do mitzvahs. So Hashem wants us to guard the house. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do, but I want to get paid for it. Here, the Socher, he himself, he's, he's not here to guard God's world, right? What he really wants to do is, the, what he wants to do, he's not interested at all in doing mitzvahs. He's not interested at all in doing mitzvahs. The first two guys, they're, I'll do it. I'll do it. Either I'll do it because I want to be loyal to Hashem or I want to get paid by Hashem. I'll do it. This guy, I couldn't care less to do mitzvahs. I don't want to do mitzvahs. But I know one thing. That's to, 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 take, to have use of this world. For me to take this world. God ain't going to let me have it for free. It's I'm renting this world. I want to have a good life. I want to have money. I want to have health. I want to have a car. I want all these things. At the end of the you know God's giving it to you. <laughs> you can't say it's not coming from God. You know that God is the owner. You're not at that point you don't believe God's the owner. God's the owner. And God says, this is my world. Okay, so God says, if you want to be a guardian, you want to come in as a guardian, there's no charge. There's no charge. I'm giving you a world, and how do you guard? By doing the mitzvahs. So you say to God, listen, you know, you want me to watch your world? I'm happy to watch your world. So give me a house and I can watch your house. I can, I can be a Jew and make the house a Jewish house. There's Jewish house and Goyish house. A Jew can own a house. You could be watching the house. You could not be watching the house, right? You understand what I'm saying? Watching the house means it's full of svarim. Torah mitzvahs are done in the house. There's mezuzahs in the house. You feel like there's a Jew in this, Hashem's in this house. Okay, so you could either do it for free or you could ask to get paid. But Hashem's appreciative that you've been watching his house. Because other people say, well, I don't care about God. I just want to have a house for myself. I want to have, I don't really care that God should be in the house per se. I want it for my own personal needs. For example, there's a mission that says, for example, it says, I will give money for tzedakah on the condition that my son should live. Is that the way a person should do mitzvahs? No. I'm giving tzedakah so that on the condition that my son should live. So really, are you really interested in giving tzedakah? Are you really interested in doing Torah mitzvahs? No. But really, you want this world, you want the money for your own use. He wants everything to be good. Ah, but he wants everything to be good. God says, but you got to pay. You know, as one of the great Musser rabbis said, this world is an expensive hotel. You understand? Hashem gives you all this pleasure. You think you get it for free? You think you get it for free? So it costs. Okay. So what's the price I got to pay? You want to have a house? Okay. The price is, you're going to put up mezuzahs. The price is, you're going to put a maka. You're going to put a railing on the thing. The cost is, I want to see sperm in the house. Right? You want, you want to be healthy? You know what the cost is? Daven. Make ashiyatsa every time you go out of the bathroom. That's the cost. So this fellow, as it were, he really, the whole enterprise of Yiddishkeit is his own personal being. 
It's, this is not a question of a watcher now. It's a question of a guy who wants pleasure. I want pleasure. I want to enjoy this world. I want to be able to be healthy enough to go to work, make money, take trips to the Bahamas, buy an expensive house, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm only interested in myself. But I do know there is a God, there is a boss, there is a big Hertz rental company for this world, and you know what? I know I can't get it for free because there is a God, and He is in charge. And He will not give it to me for free. Okay, so you know what? I'm willing to pay the price. So what's the price? Okay, I'm willing to give 10% of my money for tzedakah because I know if I don't, all my business deals are going to go bad. So, you know, especially the Svardim, they're very big in this. They're very big believers in this. And they, they know, the rabbi comes, every deal, 10%, goes right to the rabbi. It's like an insurance policy that I know the next deal will go on. I, you know why I don't work on Shabbos? I don't care about Shabbos. But you know what? When I work on Shabbos, my business goes bad. And as soon as I keep Shabbos, look at my business. It goes amazing. And that's what I want. Good business. So good business means I have to pay a price. And what's the price? Keeping Shabbos. So that person really is a socher. You begin to see some existential ideas of what, why you're a Jew. You can begin to see why are you really a Jew? Are you really a Jew because you just want to do what God says and you're expecting nothing in return? Because you don't want to watch God's Shekhinah and the Shekhinah should come down and you want God to, to, to have what He wants and I don't look for anything in return. That's Sadiq Nifla. Or you first listen, I, I, I'd like God to have what He wants but I want to get something for it too. Okay, I'll give you Elam Haba. That's the last level. But this guy now, he's not, he's not interested in what God wants. He's a Jew that says, I'm interested in what I want. But, you know what? I know there's no such thing as a free lunch. Okay, so therefore I'm going to follow the rules. So really, but the difference comes out. This third type of Jew, the Socher, his engagement in this world is only for his personal pleasure. Finished. But he knows I got to pay for it. Okay? That's the third level. Okay? Now, it really can go even deeper, but we're not going to have time for this. I'm going to skip a whole very beautiful thing, but that's the third level. Now, I can't. It would take, it's, it's, you see, there, there is a machlokas in the Gemara. So, so now, right now, you got the three levels. Free guardian is the top guy. The paid guardian is the next level. Renter is the next level. Right? Now, it would seem to you clearly that who's better, the paid guardian or the renter? Who's a better Jew? The renter? No, the paid guardian. Because the paid guardian, he's coming because he wants to serve Hashem, but he wants to get paid. He's doing it for Hashem, but wants to get paid. The other guy, I couldn't care less about Hashem. I'm doing it for me. No, no. I'm doing it for me. I didn't think this way. I'm doing it for me. If, 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 if there wasn't any rules, I wouldn't care. But now I know. I know if I don't do it, he's going to punish me. If I don't keep Shabbos, you know what's going to happen? He's going to take my money away. So who do I got a choice? So I'm going to pay. You go to a- a- Avis. No, I'm going to rent the car. And then as soon as, you know, and they find out the credit card bounced, the check bounced, everything bounced. Avis, what's going to happen? They call you, you bring the car back? No, I'm not bringing it back. What happens? The cops bring you back. Hashem says, you know, you want all this stuff, you better keep shops. I'm not paying. You don't pay, you're going to pay. <laughs> you're going to pay ten times worse. So who's the better Jew? 
Who's the very Jew? The one who wants to get paid for watching God's world? Or the one who, who wants to enjoy the world and is willing to pay a price for it? The first one's better. Well, this creates a major problem because the truth is there's a machlokas in the Gemara between two rabbis, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara has an argument who is a socher, the renter, compared to in terms of the liabilities. There's a machlokas. Is he compared to a shomer chinam, a free watcher? Or is he compared to a paid watcher? And that's in source number six. One who leases a renter. How does he pay in case he's negligent? Reb Meir says like an unpaid guardian. Reb Yehuda says like a paid guardian. Well, one thing's for sure. How The, the, the very difficult opinion is Rebbe Meir. How can you say he's treated like a Shomer Chinam? Shomer Chinam is the highest level. <coughs> how could you say that? He's on the higher level. The truth of the matter is, I don't even understand how he's like Rabbi Yehuda. How you could say he's even like a paid guardian. He's even like him. In other words, in Jewish law, I could say one thing. Okay, the, the guy who's renting, when he's renting, if he gets lost or something, does he have to pay or not? Well, some say he's like a free guardian. He doesn't have to pay because he's paying money. Or the other one says, no, he's like a paid guardian because he's getting the pleasure. So maybe he has to pay for loss or so on. So my argument, what's his level of liability? You follow what I'm saying? A renter, what's his level of liability? But we look at it mystically, it doesn't seem to make any sense at all. It doesn't seem that he's at all close to either one of these two. Remember, everything that's going on physically in the Talmudic world, in the physical world, we're saying is paralleling the spiritual world. We're saying the renter is the lowest, the much lower level. How can we have rabbis, especially, how can a mayor especially say, he's like a Shomer Chinam. We treat him like a Shomer Chinam. That, uh, like the guy who does everything for Hashem. That's a major, major question that the Chaban asks. You know what the Chaban answers? He says, you gotta remember, this is all according to Rabbi Meir. You know, when the Talmud says, if a person said, I'm giving money, to tzedakah, so my son shall live. So they say it's not a good thing. However, in source 5, it says, look at this. It says, if a man says, I offer this cell for charity, or that my children may live, and in order that through it I may merit the future world, he may still be a holy, righteous man. He could be a tzaddik gomer. How does he become a tzaddik gomer? So the more answer is that's there's a Jew and a goy. He says, when a goy says, I'm going to give $100 to Tzedakah so my son should live. What happens if his son dies? Then he says, you know, I regret giving the $100. If I forget it, I, I wish I could get the $100 back. I totally regret doing it. They say when a Yid says that, and if Chas Shalom, the Yid's son dies, he says, you know what? I'm still glad I gave the $100. Even though he made the condition. And why is that? Because Rabbi Meir says an important thing. Rabbi Meir says... A Jew, even if he sins, he's still a Jew. Rabbi Meir knows there's an external way of looking at a Jew and an internal way of looking at a Jew. Even though the Jew externally, externally says, I want to enjoy this world, I want to have a good world, I have to pay a price for this world, you know what? And and, and therefore, what will happen? If God forbid his kid is sick, he says, uh-oh, I guess I haven't paid enough. Okay, God, you know, if you make my kid well, I'll give a million dollars to tzedakah now. Seems like he's a real soicher. He's a real renter, right? A real renter, eh? But then what happens if God forbid the kid dies? He'll still say, you know what? I'm happy I gave the money. You know why? Because then the pnimiyut, the inside, 
deep, deep inside the Socher is really a Shomer Because deep, deep down, really every Jew in the inside, in the inside, really wants to just please Hashem. So that's Reb Meir. Reb Meir goes to what's beneath the surface. That's why Reb Meir studied Torah from Acher, even though Acher went off the derech. He says, we throw away the garbage, but we go the fruit that's inside. So there is a concept, even, even the Socher, who seems to be doing everything just for himself, but deep, deep down, when that guy goes to the tzaddik, when, when, when the secular Svarti or secular Ashkenazi goes to the tzaddik, in front of the tzaddik, or the secular chassid goes to the Rebbe and says, Rebbe, here's a million dollars, my kid should be okay. Deep, deep, deep down, what he really wants to do is he really wants to serve Hashem. He does, but he just, just enjoys this world too much for him to do this. Externally, he can't get himself out of it. But how do we know? If God forbid the kid would die, he wouldn't say, Rebbe, give me the money back. Because deep down he knows that really I, the best thing to do is to serve you. So that explains that little little point there. Anyway, so we see that even deep down inside the Socher, deep down, deep down is really a Shomer Hinnom, but he just hasn't developed it. Okay, we've done three out of the four. We have one more to go. And who is that? Is the Shoel, the borrower. The borrower says... Lend me the thing, and I'll give it back to you, and I'm not paying for it. So who is the Shoel in this world? The Shoel in this world is the Russia, is the wicked person. Because he only wants to get, and he's not willing to pay anything for it. The Sochar also wants to enjoy the world, but he knows you can't steal you gotta pay. You gotta pay. At least it's, it, he's paying. Okay, at least he's paying. At least, at least he's doing mitzvahs. Okay, he's doing mitzvahs. He's not stealing. The other guy said, I want the whole world and I'm not gonna give anything back. I wanna have a car and I wanna have a health and I wanna have this. I wanna use it all. I'm used, cause remember, you can't keep anything. You die after 120. You're only, you're only borrowing anyway. <laughs> the best you could be is a borrower. But at the end, what'd you pay for it? I ain't paying nothing. Wow. Cause there's nobody to pay. Right? He's the lowest of the low. All he wants is the fit. Now, you could say there could be two levels. The lowest of the lowest Shoel borrower says, I just use the whole world and that's it and I just, and I'm not, and I'm not doing nothing. I just want to have pleasure. There could be a more refined Russia. Listen to this. A more refined Russia who may even serve Hashem. You know why? Because he enjoys it for his own personal pleasure. It's nothing to do with Hashem. For example, a secular guy, you know, I remember a rabbi once told me this story. A rabbi in Toronto, he said his first, he was an Israeli. He said his first stellar was in South Africa. He didn't say what city. But I'm sure you could visualize one, Izzy, this story. I'm sure this story, you're going to hear it, you're going to say it's believable, yeah? So before he was hired as the rabbi, they gave him a prabha. They checked him out. They said, listen, you know, on, Arab, on Shabbos afternoon, we want a rabbi who's smart, who can give us the deepest Torah, the biggest questions from Rabbi Chaim Brisker and the Rambam. We want go deep, deep. Are you smart enough to do that? We just don't want a rabbi just to read Chumash. We're really smart guys. Remember in Yeshiva, we used to learn the, the hardest Torah. Can you give us Shir in the afternoon? Sure, I can do it. I'm a Yeshiva guy. So, he comes to, he gets the job there. He's the rabbi. Friday night, everything's nice. They're singing, choir, everyone's fine. Shabbos, Shabbos day, less people come Shabbos day, but still people come Shabbos day. He comes to Mincha, an hour before Mincha gave the shear. He's ready with the shear and all things. He sees the Chevra Shabbos, right? 
they're all smoking. <laughs> you know, smoking. <laughs> it says, first, first Shabbos on the job, you don't create any waves. He said, okay, they said, no, do you got the, the Rambam ready? You got Rav Chaim Brisker ready? And they, they studied a whole hour the deepest Torah while they were smoking. So that rabbi got it. Could that ever have happened anywhere in South Africa? Anywhere? I don't believe that. Uh, he told me the story. Maybe it was really, maybe more close to... Yeah, yeah. Is this, no. I mean, so, they, you have people who... You had in South Africa people who, who went Friday night and, that, work, and worked Shabbos yes, Day. and they dropped his shoe. Yeah. So, okay, so these people, they would smoke too? Please. Again, no, that, no. He told me the story. Anyway, not, not in your congregation, is he? But they could be in other so places. There's no smoker today. Anyway, anyway. But what's the, so explain it. How could you do that? The answer is, because they would learn Torah anyway, because it's so mentally stimulating. If it wasn't that, they'd do Sudoku puzzles. You know, there are people, there are Goyim who are intellectuals, no? Aren't there Goyim or intellectuals? So he's an intellectual too. You know, he happens to learn Torah, not because, he, he, because of what Torah is and, and how much it pleases Hashem. It's because, you know what, if, if, I, I learn Torah and I also learn Chinese and I learn other interesting things, so I learn Torah too. So that could be a, a, a little better level of shawl. In other words, he, you know, I, I like, I keep Friday night, you know, because I like it. I like Cholent and I like this and I like singing Smiros. So that's also, you're using God's word, you're not really paying him back. I don't know. He didn't tell me to write. That's all the story. He, he said, he was telling me I was a young guy. He said, just get used to what it means to be a rabbi in a place. <laughs> he just said, but anyway, but I just brought you the story just to bring out the idea that a person can do mitzvahs, but, and not at all because he wants to miss. He just does it because it happens to be pleasurable. That's all. All right? So therefore, but that's the shoal. So now, the shoal is the lowest of the low. So now, listen to this. Listen to this. So the shoal, what's he responsible for? In a, in a physical world, if I lend you my tape recorder and you're not going to give me any money, well, negligence you got to pay for. Stolen, you got to pay for. Lost, you got to pay for. Accident, you got to pay for. Now the question is, why do you got to pay for the accident? This, this is an interesting case in just Jewish law. Let's think about it for a minute. Think about it. Regular case, okay? I borrowed this tape recorder from you. I'm just walking. I tripped and fell. So I'm going to go to you. I'm going to say, listen, I, I, I was not negligent. I, I was just holding it. I even had it in the cover. I was walking and, and I tripped and, 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 and you know, and, and I, I don't know what happened and it just fell. And usually the rule is, there is a rule in eight, the Torah excuses an accident beyond your control. For example, you wake up, you have 104 fever in the morning, Lola, and you don't go to shul. Is Hashem going to punish you for not going to shul that day? No. No, because Hashem made you sick. <laughs> you can't imagine going to Olam HaVashem, you know, why weren't you in shul that day? I had 104. She said, so? She said, you know what, so what, God? Why, why'd you make me so sick? I don't run the world, you run the world. You want me to go to shul? At least if I'm healthy, I don't go to shul. You can punish me. I'm 104. <laughs> what do you want? They were taking out my, my appendix. <laughs> How come you were in shul when you were under the knife? What do you mean? They were taking out my appendix. And it was you who made my appendix uh, need to be taken out? So in Jewish law, we understand you don't pay if it's beyond your control, right? So how come over here, the borrower, the other three guys don't have to pay? The other three guardians was actually, they don't have to pay for that <laughs> same reason. What do you want from them? Hashem, really, who runs all accidents? Hashem. 
Hashem. No? So, so what did I benefit? But it was beyond my control. I'm saying negligence, I have to pay. I didn't do anything. So here's the insight, beautiful insight. One of the rabbis has a beautiful idea. Here's the idea. Once you get to use it for free and all that, you become the owner. Not a guardian. You are the owner because you're just like the owner. You have it, you don't have to pay. Everybody else has to do something more than the owner. For example, if I own the tape recorder, it's mine, right? I don't pay anybody for it. I don't get paid for any of it. It's mine, right? The other three guys, one guy's doing you a favor. Well, the guy's doing me a favor. How can I ask for a thing? Even the guy who's getting paid, he's still doing you a favor. Even if the guy, that, that's, uh, uh, the guy uh, who's paying you is doing you a favor. But the guy who's borrowing it for nothing effectively what's happening he is being like the owner himself if i can use this i don't got to pay you anything i don't got to do anything for you that means you've effectively made me the owner now what happens if the owner himself the owner himself trips and breaks the tape recorder will he have to go to the store and buy a new one yes he does so the shawl is like the owner himself it's a whole different level. It's not that like he's a guardian. It, 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 he, he gave the owner zero pleasure. So that means you're like the owner. And if you're like the owner, then you, you know, if, 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 if somebody watches it for you, okay, it was an accident, what could I expect? But if it's in my, in my house, if a bolt of lightning breaks my car, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna complain, say, okay, someone's gotta pay for me, it's mine. It's mine. So this, in other words, what is really happening over here? So let's take a look at spiritually. Let's look at spiritually. Spiritually, what does an ones mean? Ones means normally I have free will choice to do things. When something's beyond my control, I no longer have free will choice. Isn't that what it really is? I'm healthy this morning. It's alarm rang at 530. There's a big free will choice going on here, right? Should I get up like God wants me to get up or should I not? Well, it's my decision. I'm using the free will choice. I want to be a good boy. I use my free will choice to do it. If God forbid one day you wake up with 104 fever, God took away your free will choice. Now, a whole year long, you use your free will choice. You believe in God. So God says, okay, today I'll let you off the hook because I took away your free will choice. I can't make you responsible because it was my fault, right? Normally, right? However, right? You still have choice. No, no, not 100. We're talking where you can't. You can't. It's just, you can't. You you, you 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 just your your uh, your uh, your your appendix burst. You got to go to the hospital. Like it's not like you, have, you can't go because God. Those situations. Why are you not obliged? Because God took away your free will choice. That's very good. That means there's times in your life. The reason you don't have to pay is because Hashem is the Creator and He put it beyond your control. And that's the same that's going to happen if I'm a paid guardian. Hashem did something beyond my control. I couldn't do anything about it. Ah, but the shoal, the borrower, you see, is considered his. So now let's look at it spiritually. What's the spiritual borrower? The spiritual borrower, what does he want? He wants to have everything for himself and not to pay back. Why? Because as far as he's concerned, there ain't no God. What, what, what? You don't want to give him anything? The whole world is mine. Oh, everything's like yours. So then you know what? So then let's say one fine day, 
you know, um, you're not able to do something. Um, uh, uh, there are things beyond your control. Let's say your name is Paro. And your name is Paro, and Moshe says, you know, God wants you to take out. I don't believe in you, God. And what do we say? So what happened? He gets punished. He gets punished. And then what happens? Hashem hardened his heart. Right? He hardened his heart. And he still didn't let them go, but he still got punished even after his heart was hardened. Why does Hashem punish him after his heart was hardened? Isn't it an ones beyond his control? The answer is, since power did not believe in a God, then all accidents, the owner has to pay for all accidents. Do you understand? When you think you own the world, then every accident you have to pay for. Because it's your mess. You own it. If Hashem owns the world... And Hashem makes an own age. He says, Hashem, you're the one who didn't make it possible. Well, you're right. I can't, I can't blame you for this. Let's say, let's say the wicked man, the wicked man, you know, all of a sudden things are falling apart and all these accidents are happening. Hashem says, I hold you responsible for everything that happened because you think you own the whole world. And because of that, you're responsible for everything. And therefore, he's the lowest of the low. And therefore, even when, even if afterwards the guy would even want to do tshuva and he can't do tshuva, Let's say the Russia. The Russia says, I want to do tshuva, but it's, I can't. And he, he really can't. The guy has such addictions. He can't get out of it. I want to be better now. You're not letting me. It's beyond my control. Uh, but you're the balabas. You're the one in charge. That's your problem. It's not my problem. Do you understand? When the Russia takes himself so low that even he, at the end he says, I want, I want to do better, but I can't change. So it seems it's beyond his control. But you're the ball of us. Forget it. It's not my problem. And therefore you get punished for all those things. So those are the four. Okay. Now, indulge me for another 15 minutes. So it would seem from this that the highest level is the Shomer Chinam, the person who does the work for Hashem and he does, doesn't expect anything in return. The next level is the Shomer Sacher, who works for Hashem, but would like to get payback in the next world because he doesn't really get pleasure out of this stuff. He wants to get something, but it, it's in the next world. You have the Socher, who wants to just enjoy this world, but he knows he's got to pay for it. I would suggest many, many Jews are in that third category. <laughs> many, many Jews are in that third category. And then the fourth is the Shoel, who just wants everything and doesn't want to pay for anything. And therefore, he's responsible for whatever mess he gets himself in. Okay. So now he says the most incredible thing. This is the most incredible thing. So at the end of the day, really, see what's missing right now is, so being a Jew is a job. Even the best Jew, it's just a job. Because I do what Hashem wants, and I don't do it for any reward. I don't do it for this, don't for that. Yeah, but there's a serious problem with this. A serious problem with this thing that has to get a little bit fixed up. And the serious problem is source 12. It's the first line in the Mesilis Yasharim. The folk, the, the, the central theme of all our, of all of Yiddishkeit. The foundation of saintliness and the root of perfection in the service of Hashem lies in a man's coming to see clearly and to recognize as the truth the na- as, as a truth, the nature of his duty in the world and the end towards which he should direct his vision, inspiration, and all of his labors, all of his life. A Jew for that. Now, why is he here? Why are you in this world? 
And the sage of Lesbos have taught us that man was created for the sole purpose of rejoicing in God and deriving pleasure from the splendor of His presence. Your purpose is to enjoy Hashem and life. For this is true joy and the greatest pleasure that can be found. <coughs> now, Rav Cook says, for many of us who look at this line, we feel very funny about that line. What do you mean? Hashem brought me this world to have pleasure? Pleasure is not a good thing. You know? Going to hockey games is not a good thing. The rabbi is telling me always. Indulging in food too much is not a good thing. Now, God's telling me to have pleasure. So if Cook says it's only because we're too, so narcissistic, we don't even understand what pleasures can be in this world, or what an unnarcissistic pleasure is. But this becomes an issue. And now we have to explain one last thing. And one more interesting legal halacha, again, it seems very legal, but it makes all the difference in the world. Now let's take this Shoel. Now look at this. Listen carefully. This is amazing. Let's take this Shoel. And the Shoel is, is borrowing it and he doesn't pay back. There's an interesting halacha that the Torah says in number nine. Let's say I'm borrowing the cow, and together with the cow, I'm borrowing it. The owner comes along with me with the cow, and, and I'm borrowing it to use the cow. I'm not paying. And the owner comes into the field. Let's say I borrow an ox, and I'm going to plow with the ox. And the owner is going with me in the field and helping me with the ox and the plowing. Okay? Now, let's say the owner does not come with me into the field. Let's say I borrow an ox. I'm going in the field, and I'm going to the field, and an accident happens. I got to pay, right? How about it gets stolen along? I got to pay. Got to pay. Here's an incredible law. If the same thing is happening, but only one thing different, the owner is with me and working with me. And now the ox dies. Look what it says in source 9. If its owner is with him, he shall not pay. And this is incredible. What is going on over here? He shall not pay. At least for sure for an accident. We'll see even more. And what's the answer? It's because... And to this extent, let's see how far this goes. Oh, so anyway, because why? Because the owner was with you. The owner was with you. So what does that have to do anything? Well, the Orachim HaKadosh explains better in the spiritual realm. This is really teaching us a spiritual halacha. Well, one thing we could say, when the owner's with you, it really isn't yours. Why do we say you have to pay for accidents? Because it's like it's yours. It's totally yours. You're like the owner. But you can't be like the owner if the owner's right next to you. If I'm taking it in my house and I get it all of it and the owner said it, then I am the owner. But the owner's right next to me. He's working with it or doing something else for me. But it's together. I, I, can't, I can't have the chutzpah to say, you can't say I'm the owner. The owner's right there. But the deeper insight is from, when you look at it from the spiritual point of view. And this is incredible. Dorchaim HaKadosh in Source 10 says an amazing thing. What, you know, they're, they're, you know, Beit HaMikdash was able to own things too. I give a cow to the Beit HaMikdash, they own it. Until they'll sell it and get money for it. But the things that are consecrated, they belong to God. Listen to this. What if a guy borrows something from the holy treasury? And then an accident happens. Does he have to pay? Rechaim says, no. 
You know why? Because the owner was with you. Who's the owner? Hashem. The owner was with you. Aha. So now that we see this, we can begin to understand. Wait a minute. Maybe there's a whole diff. We said a shawl was the lowest. The bar was the lowest, right? But maybe we could come up with a shawl who's the highest. I could be the shawl. I could enjoy this world. And I could be the highest. How was that? Well, look what King David himself says in Source 11. King David says it in Hebrew, it's so much nicer. I have it in both. Oh, I have both. Chaim Sha'al. Mimcha. He asked you for life. A person asks Hashem, Sha'al. 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 Ask and borrow. Borrow also. Nasatalo. And you gave it to him. David Melech is telling us like this. David Melech is saying that it's possible for you to take the item, and as you're taking the item, you're taking the owner with you. When you're borrowing from the owner, but the owner is with you, right? You know you cannot deny who's giving it to you, right? And you know that it's all coming from him. So the person who wants to have pleasure in this world, the Russia shawl says, there ain't no God. I just want to have pleasure in this world. I pay nobody. There's nobody to pay. There's something to do. What about if you're a person who says, you know, I, I, I want to borrow with the owner with me. That Hashem with me. I want to take pleasure in this world, not so much because of the pleasure, because it's the owner that I'm taking with it too. When you take, take some food, and you say, I want to enjoy this food, but you know who I'm borrowing it with? With the owner. The owner's right in front of me. And I'm taking it with the owner. Then it's not, I want to have the pleasure, not so much I want the pleasure of the thing, but the pleasure that I know that I'm really getting from the owner, I'm getting pleasure. Beautiful. I'm taking the owner with me to give me the pleasure. And that's what the Chaban, um, he, he, he said, well, we'll see in a minute, but when there's nothing there, he says, that's the level of David HaMelech. David HaMelech knew everything I had was from Hashem. David HaMelech was the borrower with the owner. He borrowed and asked from Hashem. He said, that Hashem, I'm asking from life and you're giving it to me. I never figure that I just get it from myself. I always know. I'm looking at the giver. In other words, when I'm getting it from you, Hashem, it's, I, I want the owner with me because I want to be able to be appreciative of you who's giving it to me. I'm, I'm eating this food. Hashem, I want you to be with the food because I want to be able to be happy with you that you gave me the food. Yes, I want to enjoy the food, but it's because I want to enjoy you who came with the food. And this is the level we say of Knesset Yisrael, who's the female that really has nothing we just have from Hashem. So therefore, we're going to see in a certain way, in a certain way, this Shoel, who does it together with the owner, he's on the highest level. Because the other, because even though he has all the pleasure, but he's all the pleasure, but he's the pleasure of what? Of being connected to Hashem. In other words, he is saying that there are two people who can come to this world and say, I want to have pleasure from this world. One guy said, I want to have pleasure from everything physical in this world with no strings attached to it. It's pleasure with no God and no nothing, and I don't want to give back anything, I don't owe anybody, I just want to have pleasure. That's a Russia. But if you are Shoah, and then you're high for everything. 
At the end of the day, you're going to have to pay for everything, man. Everything you use. And remember, if you've used it, you've probably abused it. For everything you stole people's thoughts, for the honor you wanted, the time you wasted, the negligence you had, the access, you're going to pay for everything that you used in this world. Because you didn't use it the way I wanted it to be used. But another person can say, I want to enjoy everything in this world, but I want it together with you, Hashem, that I can always recognize that it came from you. And that's everything. That's my home, my food, my family. As a matter of fact, and of course, it goes without saying, I'm, I'm, I'm doing mitzvahs. Because this is, this is your world that I love. I want to be connected to you. I want to use this world. I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy this steak because really that's just making me enjoy you better because you're right next to the steak. And you're, you're the one who's giving me the steak and I want to enjoy you. I want the owner to be with the object I'm borrowing. You know, a lot of times, Marshall, Marshall, let's say your in-laws have a condo in Florida. Right? Your in-laws. Yeah? It's a nice condo. They tell you you can use and, it. And, and, and you'd like to use it. And they say like this, listen, you want to come in February? Here's the schedule. In fe- it's, it's a five-bedroom condo. Okay? Five-bedroom condo. Okay? It is. The first two weeks in February, we're going to be in Jamaica. So it's totally empty. The next two weeks in February, we'll be there. We'll have one of the bedrooms. When would you like to come? You know, it depends how much you like your in-laws. <laughs> if you really don't like the in-laws and you just like the thing, you'll say, oh, you're, we'll take the first two weeks when you're away. Yeah. But if you really like your in-laws, you'll say, well, I want to go and enjoy it when you're there. Because I want to enjoy it and appreciate you that you're there. You hear? But they are really nice because they're giving you these two options. But I'm saying, so Hashem is saying, listen, I want to give you the whole world. I want you to enjoy the whole world. I want you to enjoy it. But I want you to enjoy it so that becomes the vehicle to enjoy me. Because that's the purpose of the world. And that's what Lazaro said. Hashem put us in a world to enjoy Hashem, to enjoy the world. But how do you enjoy the world? The world is only a means to enjoy Hashem. You understand? And now we'll see what the Chaban explains in 13. Truly, we do not want to derive pleasure. It's not that we're coming, I just want to have pleasure. But only to do the will of Hashem, like His will, without any ulterior motives. But when we ask Hashem what He wants, then the answer is that He wants that we should derive pleasure from His splendor. If that is the case, what can we do? It's not our fault. We derive pleasure from his splendor because that is what he wants to happen. And, and we want to do his will with our whole heart. So this is quote unquote borrowing with the owner, borrowing as the owner is with him, which he derives much pleasure from. Your in-laws enjoy that you have the condo when they're there. They enjoy that. But he's not focused at all on his own pleasure, but at the owner Hashem, who commanded us, and his will is that the person should derive pleasure and rejoice in his good. So what he's saying is, the highest level is a show. A show could be the lowest level or the highest level. The person who takes this world says, I want to use this world, and I want nothing to do with Hashem. You're a Russia. You just want to take you don't want to have any relationship. You're using it for what it is. You're a rush. David Amelech says the Shalom. 
is the shoel bibalim. He's borrowing it with the owner. He's saying, you gave this world that, that has pleasure. Why? Has pleasure so we could take pleasure in you. So you know what? I want the pleasure of this world. Not just, not because I want the pleasure of the world for the pleasure of the world. But the pleasure of the world is the way I access to you, Hashem. That's the only way I can know how good you are, how much you love me. When I eat an apple and it tastes good and you're there, then I know you're loving me. And that's what you want me. You want me to love you. No. You know what I could do? I could say, I'm not going to eat the world apple. I'm going to be an aesthetic. I'm not interested in any of this. God says, that's not what I want. I don't want you to just uh, serve me without being happy, without taking pleasure. You've got to take pleasure in me. If you don't do that, then I'm not happy with anything at all. How do you take pleasure in Hashem? You got to do something that's connected to Hashem. You got to do something that's connected to Hashem. You got to take something from Hashem and and appreciate it and appreciate it and, and take pleasure from the fact that you're that Hashem gave it to you. And now He says an amazing thing. I don't have time to go through the whole thing. If you think about it, who is on a much higher level? The one who borrows with the owner or the one who watches for free? He says, you know what? Based on Lutzado, they're miles apart from each other. The one who borrows with the owner, he's on the highest level because he's doing exactly what Hashem wanted. Hashem wants us to enjoy the, him through the world. And to feel, that's called Dvekos, to be connected to Hashem and enjoying it enjoying it, right? So, and you're yearning to be close to Hashem because that's what I want. And, and the way I get close to Hashem is by using this world. I have to use the, the things that are... But you're right there. I don't, I don't for a minute think, for one minute think that this food came from me. Then I want to be close to you. But the lower level is the free watcher because the truth of the matter is he doesn't really... He said, I'm not in it for the Elam Haba. I'm not even to enjoy the mitzvah. He's not even focused on enjoying what he's doing. And you know what? That's not good at all because when we talk about the great destructions that happened to the Jewish people in the, in the um, punishments in Parshish Kisavo, it says in 15, because you did not serve the Lord your God with happiness and with gladness of heart when you had an abundance of everything. You weren't happy being Jews. The Shomer Chinam, I would say, is the very Haredi Jew who isn't happy being a Haredi. Who does all those things because you have to. You don't expect anything for it. You know, you don't expect anything for it. But on the other hand, you're not enjoying it either. And that's not good, because what did King David say in Source 14? It says, Tamuru, comprehend and see that the Lord is good. He wants you to be able to see that Hashem is amazing. Hashem wants to see it, feel it. The Shomer Chinam really is such a far level away. He never really succeeded in really enjoying Torah mitzvahs. Hashem said, I want you to learn a piece of Gemara. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to see how geshmak it is. And I want you to say, and this is from you, Hashem, and I love you because you gave me the most geshmak of Gemara. I want you to do a mitzvah and see, doing a mitzvah is so pleasurable because it's what's connected to Hashem. Eating an apple is pleasurable because you're giving me able to like Hashem. I want you to enjoy this whole world because I'm the one who's there giving it to you. The Shomer Chinam says, you know what? I'm a good soldier. I just do what I do. I don't expect nothing from Hashem. I don't even, you're not, Judaism is not to be enjoyed. 
Whoa, you're very, very far away, and it could be you're much lower than a socher or a shomer socher. You know, these other people, at least he wants to get paid. At least he's going to get some enjoyment. At least he's looking for Elam Haba. Even the socher, to a certain extent, you know, may want some of the, uh, the, uh, the benefits of life. He's willing to pay. He's willing to do certain mitzvahs. Uh, he may have some spiritual pleasures in life that he would like. But the Shomer Chinam, really to the extreme, can be very unhappy. And it's not unusual. You could find in many, unfortunately, you can find in many very religious homes, everybody's miserable. Because they're so busy on doing the mitzvahs so right, but they forget that Hashem is wanting them to be happy. And that's what will end with David HaMelech. At the end of time, there's going to be a great feast in the next world. And everyone's going to be given the cup of blessing. And everyone's going to demur and say, I don't deserve. I don't know. Avram, Yisrael, they'll say, I don't deserve. I don't deserve. It's not. Go to David HaMelech. David says, I'll do it. And then he says, why? He says, I will say grace. I will bench. And it's fitting for me to bench. He will say, as the Pesach says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of Hashem. What does it mean? Well, we know the Gemara says, if someone enjoys this world and doesn't make a bracha, you're like a ganif. You're like a thief. You don't make a bracha. So he, Dabar Malach knew, he, he felt he took more than anyone else in the world. If you really think about it, really take a lot from Hashem. But he knew it. He felt it. Every day we take a million things. But David felt it. He looked at himself. Every day I've held I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking. And, and, he, and he doesn't want to be a Russia. But what do I want to do? Everything I take, I'm going to bless Hashem for it. The owner's going to be with me. I'm going to reveal Hashem in everything that's in this world. I'm going to eat a fruit. I'm going to make a bird parade. I'm going to have pleasure as well. I'm going to say thank you Hashem for giving this thing. I'm going to do good things that you gave with me. You gave me money. I'm giving lots of tzedakah. I'm helping people. I'm making your name because I'm, I'm a showel. I'm taking a lot. And I know you're giving it to me for free. But I want you to be with me. I want to enjoy you with that. And therefore I'm allowed to make the blessing. I can make the blessing because I'm the one. Because everything I had was just for you Hashem. And that's the famous Hasidic story that you all know. The Hasidic story where the, the Rebbe was once eating an apple in front of a Hasid, and the Hasid was looking at the Rebbe, and he thought the Rebbe was just like him. The Hasid can eat an apple, the Rebbe can eat an apple. He thought the Rebbe, that sparks were going to come out, angels were going to come out. He was eating an apple like everybody else. And the Rebbe noticed that he saw that. So he says, you know, you think the two of us are pretty much the same. I eat an apple and you eat an apple. And the Hasid, yeah, it did cross my mind. He says, let me tell you this between me and you. When you see a beautiful apple on a tree, juicy red apple, you know what your first reaction is? I want that apple. You take the apple, you're ready to eat the apple. Then you stop for one second and say, oh, wait a minute. You know what? I'm not allowed to eat the apple until I make a bracha. So you make a bracha and eat the apple. You know how I look at the world? I see the apple on the tree, and I'm so thrilled that Hashem put apples in the world. I'm loving Hashem. I want to make a bracha right now for Hashem giving us apples, but the law doesn't allow me to make a bracha unless I eat it. So I say, you know what? In order for me to make a bracha, I got to make an apple. So okay, I got to eat the apples and I got to enjoy it. Then I can make the bracha. So that's the difference. You make the bracha so you can eat the apple. I eat the apple so I can make the bracha. And that's the shoel with the balm. That's the borrower with the owner. And that's what we really want. And that's David HaMelech. And that's how we're going to bring the Mashiach. We, you know, and we, too long we've been ignoring the fact Hashem really wants us to be happy. 
But here's the point where we make the mistake. Happy, not narcissistic happy, but happy for Hashem. Happy to do what Hashem wants. Happy to acknowledge that I'm an amazing Hashem in this world. And Hashem brought us so many things to us to see how amazing it is that they want to feel close to Hashem, to be happy with that closeness, this benefactor. And then when you have that, of course, you do whatever He asks you to do with it, this world because you're so happy that you have it. That is the highest shomer. So you see the flip side. At the end of the day, now it's a, it's a fine line between being a, a borrower with the owner and all of a sudden without the owner, you become a Russia. Wow. You have to be careful. Don't fool yourself. Oh, I'm doing it for Hashem and Hashem. Are you really? It seems that maybe you're just pretending you're doing it for Hashem, but maybe not. What's the real source of it? And that's, now you see how this very technical area of Torah has the most powerful spiritual messages and we each have to ask ourselves which shomer are we really in Hashem's world? And we hope we are of the higher level shomer. Okay. Okay.